and welcome back to the Arise podcast. It is Monday, so it's time for your weekly digest. And this week, we'll be talking about salvation. Our anchor scripture will be Hebrews 6 verse 1. And it reads, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Yes, and when it comes to foundational beliefs and elementary teachings, there's never a better place to start than John 3.16. Indeed. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So, firstly, it lets us know that God loves the world, not just the church. I think there's a way that things have been made to seem as though God only loves the church and he only loves believers, but God loves everyone Mm. and he wishes that no one should perish. It also lets us know whosoever, so anyone can come to Christ, meaning the liar, the thief, the prostitute, and even the backslidden Christian. Sometimes the enemy can harass us with so much condemnation in in our minds and in our hearts that we feel like we can't come back to God but that's always a lie from the pit of hell so ultimately the purpose of God in terms of sending his son to die for us was to make provision for us for our sins Mm. because he knew we would mess up he knew that we'll continue to mess up and he wants us to always have a channel to come back to him indeed and that is through the blood of Christ amen now Philippians 2 verse 12 tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling the use of your own salvation lets us know that salvation is personal you will not go to heaven in a group very rarely do people die in groups you are an individual and will be an individual so long as so long as you walk this earth do you follow Mm. there's a movie that came out recently and the movie is called flatliners this is a movie where several medical students come together and they are experimenting with anesthesia and what they do is they put people to sleep using their equipment and they bring them back alive again so they'll put them to sleep take them into a state of almost total unconsciousness and then they'll revive them again so to them they know what they're doing and they understand what they're doing and so they were playing games with their lives one time they put people into a state of unconsciousness a little bit too far and those people didn't come back so sometimes you could dip a little bit too far in the world and you'll always be able to come back however by the time you come back you could be so damaged that you won't be able to fulfill your purpose you'll only be saved for the sake of making heaven my god And you know, before we can go any deeper into salvation, I think we need to take a step back and understand who God is Mm. and um, understand the Trinity. Now, it says in Psalms 90 verse 2 that before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
Mm-hmm. So that tells us immediately that God lives outside of time. Wow. From forever to forever, he existed. That's right. So before the beginnings of this earth and after the, be- the ending of this earth, he mm. would exist. Yeah. And you know, the famous theologian, C.S. Lewis, had an analogy to explain the infinity of God. He would draw on a piece of paper, a line, and next to it, a square, and then next to it, a cube. Now, the cube lives in the third dimension, the square in the second, and the line in the first. The square can understand and comprehend the dimension of the line. Yeah. Because it's just an object made up of four different lines. The cube can comprehend the dimension of the square because it's a cube made up of six different faces of squares. And it can also comprehend the dimension of the line because it's made up of just lines, Mm -hmm. right? Now, we who live in this dimension, we are bound by space and time. There's a beginning and there's an end. There's a time to die, there's a time to be born. Yeah. God lives outside of that. It is impossible for us as human beings to fully grasp the totality of God. That's right. Simply because he's infinite. Mm. He's infinity times infinity. Mm. Everlasting to everlasting. That's right. We can't take the concept, the totality, the wholeness of God and explain it in our words because we will run out of words to say to to describe him Mm. because we're finite. That's the first thing that you need to understand about God going forward. Job 11, 7-9 says, Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Their measures is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. And Deuteronomy 29:29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all those that he has revealed to us. So bearing this in mind, let's begin to explain the deep things of God, to explore the doctrine of the Trinity and why it matters to our salvation. Genesis 1.26 tells us that God had said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, who is this our he was talking about? Well, in the book of Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That right there is us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, in Matthew, they're identified by three different names, meaning they are three separate entities, but yet they are still one. How do we know this? John 10, verse 30. I and my Father are one. This is Jesus speaking. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Wow. How is it possible that God can be three separate beings but one at the same time well let me step back for a minute and drop an analogy for you 
there's this man called David and he has a son David also has a friend called James and David is also a son to his mother Mary you see David is a son to Mary a friend to James and a father to his son he is one person but at the same time he has three different roles it's the same thing with God our father wow the son and the holy spirit you see God expressed himself as three separate beings for a specific purpose and that's your salvation from the moment adam disobeyed god and sin entered this earth god has been longing to reconnect with man romans 8:38 to verse 39 tells us that for i'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our lord but there is a problem sin Isaiah 6 verse 5 tells us then i said woe is me for i am undone because i am a man of unclean lips and i dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts so isaiah upon seeing the lord cries woe is me because he recognizes his sin and the holiness of god now we have a problem sin is preventing us from being intimate with God. For in the book of Corinthians it tells us that no flesh can glory in his presence. So because of our fleshly nature, because of our sin, we cannot press into the presence of God. We cannot know him intimately. So here's what he does. He tells his people to make sacrifices to atone for their sins. But very quickly we find out that this doesn't work out. Hebrews 8 from 7 to 12 tells us, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. But because of our ever sinful nature, as the Bible describes, that the heart of man is desperately wicked, we continue to fail. but because of the everlasting mercies of God he decides to prepare an ultimate sacrifice and sends his son to die for us John 3:16 Now if it opens John 14 verse 6 Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me Because of the holiness of God our sinful nature cannot glory in his presence so he sends his son to die for us that our sins will be washed away by his blood for he is our ultimate sacrifice for he was without blemish but there's a problem 
because in John 6 verse 44 it tells us no one could come to me Jesus unless the father who sent me draws him so we can't get to the father without Jesus but we can't get to Jesus without the father and there enters the purpose of the Holy Spirit John 16 verse 8 and when he has come this is Jesus referring to the Holy Spirit now he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment so because of God's unfailing love for you he sent his son to die to pay the price of your sin for when Adam sinned he brought upon himself the curse of death but when Jesus died He came to give eternal life. But in order for you to recognize this, God has sent his Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin. For if we turn to Hebrews 8 again and read from verse 8, because finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them, by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant this was the first covenant now and I disregarded them says the Lord for this is the covenant that I will make with them the house of Israel after those days says the Lord I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You see, that tells you the purpose of the Holy Spirit. To put the laws of God no longer on stone tablets, but in the minds and the hearts of his people, to convict them that we can become his people. And it reads on to say, None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them because of his Holy Spirit, because he has been sent to convict us of our sin. And verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and to their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Amen. It's interesting that you mentioned earlier Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it starts off by saying, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now Isaiah was a prophet. He is said by theologians to be the most accurate prophet. Some of his revelations are so deep that sometimes people have wondered if he's actually the one that wrote it. Some people believe an angel may have written Isaiah. Now Isaiah in chapter 6 encounters God. But chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 have already been written. That means that you can be in church and you've never encountered God. He had written 5 chapters before he encountered God. You could be in a choir, you could be working for God, you could be a minister and you've never encountered God that's why the scripture says many will prophesy in my name 
Many will cast out demons in my name. Mm. Many will heal the sick in my name. But I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. My goodness. It's scary to imagine that we could be in church and be doing everything that we're doing and we don't even know God. Mm. But there's more. There's always more. If you're listening to this message and you're touched by it and you want to give your life to Christ, join us in this simple prayer. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for my life. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me of my sins. Forgive all my iniquities and make me righteous before you. Say, Satan, I will no longer serve you, but I shall serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.